Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 328 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading both Psalm 133 and 134 today, and our focus is on the blessing of unity and should we raise our hands during worship. And let me say right off the bat, if you noticed that episode 326 a couple of days ago was late, I'll just tell you, I'm not sure what in the world happened. It was uh, recorded at the normal time and uh, produced at the normal time. It just didn't go out at the normal time. And I, I noticed that last night, but it got resolved somehow, some way. So thanks for your patience there. And thank you and welcome to new listeners in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Ogun, Nigeria, Kampala, Uganda, Northern Ireland, United Kingdom, Sweetwater, Texas, Cleveland, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Honolulu, Hawaii, San Diego, California, Bakersfield, California, Anchorage, Alaska, West Palm Beach, Florida, Miami, Florida, and Juneau, Alaska. As we say all the time, our goal is to encourage you in daily listening, understanding, obeying, and following the Word, and we do that by reading one or two chapters every day. We do have a website, and it is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. Every episode of the podcast, 328 thus far this year, has its own corresponding blog entry on Bible2021.com with a transcript of the show and all the verses we're talking through. So two very, very short chapters today. Both are those short songs of ascent we've been talking about. They're meant to be sung together on the way to worship. And let's go ahead and read Psalm 133, and then we'll discuss it. Psalm chapter 133, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. A song of ascents of David. How delightfully good when brothers live together in harmony. It is like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. Now, I find that Western metaphors in the 21st century are quite radically different from Hebrew metaphors from thousands of years ago. Take, for instance, the very romantic and steamy poetry of Song of Songs chapter 7, where verse 4 says, Your neck is like a tower of ivory, your eyes like pools in Heshbon by Beth Rabim's gate. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon looking toward Damascus. Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel, the hair of your head like purple cloth. Well, maybe it's just that I'm not much of a poet, but I doubt my wife would delight in me telling her that her nose is like the Tower of Lebanon looking towards Damascus, but maybe I'll give it a shot and then report back. The metaphors of Psalm 133 are similarly odd, but still quite easily understandable. Brothers living together in unity is delightfully good, much like the psalmist says, fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. Well, that is an odd way of putting things for us, but Charles Spurgeon helps us to clearly understand what the psalmist is saying in order that we may the better behold brother unity, David gives us a resemblance, a metaphor, so that as in a glass, we may perceive its blessedness. It has a sweet perfume about it, comparable to that precious ointment with which the first high priest was anointed with at his ordination. 
Unity is a holy thing, and so again is like the oil of consecration, which was to be used only in the Lord's service. What a sacred thing must brotherly love be when it can be likened to an oil which must never be poured on any man but on the Lord's high priest alone. It is a diffusive thing being poured on his head the fragrant oil that flowed down Aaron's beard and thence dropped upon his garments till the utmost hem was anointed therewith. And even so does brotherly love extend its benign power and bless all who are beneath its influence. Hearty concord or unity brings a benediction and blessing upon all concerned. Its goodness and pleasure are shared in by the lowliest member of the household. Even the servants are the better and the happier because of the lovely unity among the members of the family. It has a special use about it, for as by the anointing oil Aaron was set apart for the special service of Jehovah, even so those who dwell in love are better fitted to glorify God in his church. The Lord is not likely to use for his glory those who are devoid of love. They lack the anointing needful to make them priests unto the Lord. That ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. This is a chief point of comparison, says Spurgeon, that as the oil did not remain confined to the place where it first fell, but flowed down the high priest's hair and bedewed his beard, even so... Brotherly love descending from the head distills and distends, descends, anointing as it runs and perfuming all of the things that it falls upon. Christian affection knows no limits of parish or nation or sect or age. Is the man a believer in Christ? Then he is in the one body, and I must yield him an abiding love. Is he one of the poorest, one of the least spiritual, one of the least lovable? Then he is as the outskirts of the garment, and my heart's love must fall upon him even. Brotherly love comes from the head, but it falls to the feet. Its way is downward. It ran down and it went down. Love for the brethren condescends to men of low estate. It is not puffed up, but it is lowly and meek. This is no small part of its excellence. Oil would not anoint if it did not flow down. Neither would brotherly love diffuse its blessing if it did not descend. So, this kind of unity is a great thing that should bring the highest and lowest and everybody in between together. Now let's go read Psalm 134 and discuss worship. Psalm 134 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, Call to evening worship, a song of ascents. Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Amen. That's very short and sweet. In my youth, I went to a Presbyterian church that was wonderful, and it was, oh, pretty fairly formal in its worship. Uh, kind of quiet and reverent. Almost all the men wore suits. And as I recall, lifting up one's hands in worship was considered something that charismatic people do rather than most Baptists or Presbyterians or Methodists did. Now, is that fair or is it accurate? And it's, I would say, from the perspective of the Bible, it doesn't seem to be fair or accurate at all. This psalm, for instance, exhorts us to worship God with raised hands. It says, lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. And that's not just an Old Testament commandment. We find a similar command in 1 Timothy 2.8, which says, Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. 
So should we raise our hands in prayer? Should we raise our hands in worship? I certainly believe the answer is yes. In fact, the Bible calls us to this posture many, many times, but it also is proper to kneel in worship and lie flat in worship and dance in worship and shout in worship. All of these seem demonstrative, of course, and may even seem charismatic to some of you. But honestly, first and foremost, raising your hands in worship and dancing in worship and even shouting in worship, all of those things are biblical. I like how Pastor Sam Storms answers the question of why he personally raises his hand in worship. He says, on more than one occasion, I've been asked, Sam, why do you lift up your hands when you worship? And he says, I've got two answers for that. First, I raise my hands when I pray and praise because I have explicit biblical precedent for doing so. I don't know if I found all the biblical instances of raising hands in worship, but consider this smattering of text. Psalm 63, 4, I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. Psalm 88, 9, every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 119, 48, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments. Psalm 134, 2, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Psalm 143, 6, I stretch out my hands to you, my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Ezra 9, 5, at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting with my garment and my cloak torn, and I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. Nehemiah 8, 6, Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen and Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Lamentations 3, 41, let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. First Timothy 2.8, we've already read. And there are other passages as well that I'm not going to read. So does it not seem wholly appropriate, therefore, to raise our hands to God when we seek him in prayer or celebrate him with praise? So again, I'm asked, why do I worship with hands raised? Not only because the Bible says so, but also because like one who surrenders to a higher authority, I yield to God's will and ways and submit to his guidance and purpose and power in my life. It's my way of saying, God, I'm yours to do with as you please. Because like one who expresses utter vulnerability, I say to the Lord, I've got nothing to hide. I come to you open-handed, concealing nothing. My life is yours to search and sanctify. I'm holding nothing back. My heart, soul, spirit, body, and will are all an open book to you. Because, I raise, I raise my hands to worship, because, like one who needs help, I confess my utter dependence on God for everything. I cry out, oh God, I entrust my life to you. If you don't take hold and uplift me, I will surely sink into the abyss of sin and death. I rely on your strength alone. Preserve me, sustain me, deliver me. Why do I raise my hands in worship? Because like one who happily and expectantly receives a gift from another, I declare to the Lord, Father, I gratefully embrace all you want to give. I'm a spiritual beggar. I have nothing to offer other than my need of all that you are for me in Jesus. So glorify yourself by satisfying me wholly with you alone. Why do I raise my hands in worship? Because like one who aspires to direct attention away from myself to the Savior, I say, oh God, yours is the glory. Yours is the power. Yours is the majesty alone. Finally, why do I raise my hands in worship? Because as the beloved of God, I say tenderly and intimately to the lover of my soul, Abba, Father, hold me, protect me, 
Reveal your heart to me. I am yours. You are mine. Draw near. Enable me to know and feel the affection in your heart for this one sinful soul. Amen. Good word. So should we raise our hands in worship? Absolutely. It is biblical and is also a wonderful posture in general to have to our Heavenly Father. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of November. It's John 14, verse 6, and it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.